Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, plenty of storylines to get to. Who better to help us talk more about it than a man who was there himself, Joe Ovius of 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina, joins us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Joe, can you tell us why the Tar Heels did not shoot 40 free throws in this game? Did you have a problem with it? Uh, well, I, I didn't have a problem with it. What, uh, what, what's going on, guys? Um, I mean, clearly Hubert Davis did, and look, man, I, I am, I don't want to go too hard on Hubert here because I, I think, I think Coach Davis was doing an NBA thing, okay? And I know, you know, you guys in Charlotte and Walker, I know you're around the Hornets a lot. Um, NBA coaches do this all the time. They plant seeds, man. You know, like, they didn't like how a thing went. They pointed that stuff out. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're Phil Jackson and you get your way. Other times you're not Phil Jackson and you don't get your way. So I think that's what Hubert Davis was doing. He was just kind of setting the tone like, hey, look, guys, this is an abnormal thing. And it was an abnormal thing. You have to go to the record books. I know technically it happened back in 2021 against Michigan, but that was a blowout. And that's the true context there. The last time Carolina had three free throws in a game, you got to go back to the 1910s when Carolina was playing the Lynchburg YMCA. <laughs> I don't even know. And I'm not making that up. That's actually in the record book. Lynchburg YMCA. I think it was 1950. But, so I, I get where Hubert's going with this. However, the, the issue that I had and the issue that I'm having with Carolina fans is you are not entitled to a particular allotment of free throws. You're not entitled to that. You have to adjust based on how the games are being called. And if you have beef with consistency of ACC officiating right now, that's cool. I mean, I've been to plenty of games where it's one way one time and then it's another way another time. But you got to be able to adapt to the conditions of the game. Carolina, uh, Duke did. Carolina didn't. And it exposed a lot of issues that we've seen all season long with their inability to shoot consistently. And a team that doesn't look like it has the same chemistry that went on a hot run that got to the final last year. Well, and Joe, I was asking Wes about this. Do you view the outcome as a bigger boost for Duke to get this win? You know, they have a tremendous home record, or do you view this as a bigger consequence for North Carolina losing 63-57? to 57? How, how, uh, which way do you go when viewing it with those kind of dividers? I, I look at it in the totality of what I saw on Saturday uh, being at PNC Arena earlier in the day for NC State, Georgia Tech, and what I've seen out of the Wolfpack and what I've seen out of Duke for a good chunk of the season. These are teams that have players that know their role, and they have uh, they, they play together. With NC State, it's interesting to see Turquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner work in tandem, which you didn't see last year with Darian Sebron, right? Uh, DJ Burns is an absolute excellent, exciting piece that they added to the transfer portal. And then you have somebody like Casey Morsell, who's adapted to what his role truly is, and he'll hit a couple big shots for you in a game. Duke, and the story of their season has been injuries and John Shire working with the roster that he has. And he'll go starting lineup to starting lineup and change things out. In a game, he'll throw various lineups out there. The one consistency the Blue Devils have had is defense. They're not going to wow you scoring, but they're going to muck it up 
and make it difficult for you to score points. And I like my chances if I can shut you down or muck my way through a game. They've been in a lot of close games. Obviously, home court advantage has helped out this year. But they're getting Derek Lively to a point where he understands his role. They know they can win games if he produces like that. Eventually, they'll get Derek Whitehead back, although he's not going to be available tonight in their game against Miami. And Proctor showed up. You've got Jeremy. I mean, it's been a weird cycle of rosters this season, but what I've always been impressed by with Duke is they all understand what they need to do. Somewhere along the lines with Carolina, they either forgot or maybe we were just underappreciating just how much of the glue Brady Manic was to their success when they went on that run last year because it was not plug-and-play with Pete Nance. It's unfair to Pete Nance that people expected it to be plug-and-play, and there's some stubbornness with Hubert Davis of a lineup that's not producing and a team that doesn't look like they're having a lot of fun playing basketball right now. Joe, Wes Bryan here. You touched on Derek Lively, and I've been critical of him this year saying that he hasn't looked like a guy that's a number one overall player or a top five player from a class, but he had eight block shots Saturday during the game and 14 rebounds, both career highs for him. Over the last five games, he's been uh, eight rebounds and five block shots, only six points per game. But do you feel like that he's starting to justify uh, his lofty rankings coming in? And what's been your view of him this season? I mean, you got to give him the grace of being out of the lineup and not being at 100% and and ramping up. Um, I also have to remind people that not every class has Zion, you know. Uh, Even Paolo Bancaro had his his ups and downs last year. He wasn't necessarily the most complete player. So is he living up to the hype? Well, to your point, he's certainly not at the level that we've seen of of other classes that have come through Duke. But not every five-star class is the same. You know, they're just relative to what group they're being compared to. So I, the way I kind of view this is he's, he's clearly got the skill set, but it's it's understanding what you can maximize. So I think, and who's the bus driver, as my co-host Joe Gillio likes to talk about as well, right? Whereas Paolo Bancaro was that guy last year, that's clearly not the case for Derek Lively, but he can still show you what he's got. I think Kyle Filipowski's that guy who drives, especially since Jeremy Roach has been kind of up and down with injuries. So is he living up to that hype? Is he going to be wowing NBA scouts? Yeah, maybe not. Um, but for this team and what they need him to do, he certainly understands the assignment. And I think that's more important for what John Shire is trying to do this season. And then you talked about Kyle Filipowski. I got a two-part question for you here. So over the last seven games, Filipowski's been 20 points and 11 boards. Do you see him as a guy that can take this team where they want to go, which is, you know, Final Four, National Championship type? Do you see him and that ACC player of the year type of vein. And then the second part, I was going to say, is Tyrese Proctor with his recent play, with the way he's been able to assist the basketball light on turnovers, is he the point guard or is he turning into the point guard that they need? I think he's turning into that. So I'll start with I'll start with Proctor. I think he's turning into that guy. It'll be a really interesting uh, run through February as things start to coalesce and we get a better idea of how they want to go through the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. About Kyle Filipowski, I mean, look, he's, uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting on Saturday was Carolina clearly had an emphasis to, to question his toughness, right? That, this is a tough Duke team. They're physical with him. I like the fact that the referees let him play. I like a physical game. I want to see that stuff down low. They tried the big boy, and he saw him on the ground a couple times. He doesn't back down, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's been impressive from Kyle Filipowski, and he's probably their most consistent scorer 
in, in what he's able to do in stretch. He can sometimes be a defensive liability, but uh, that's where the, the switching of the lineups has come into play for John Shire. While you'll see, and John Shire being adapted too, right? Uh, that's why Derek Lively's, um, it, his improvement has been so key to the success that they had in, in Saturday's game against Carolina because I don't know about you, if you saw Ryan Young all of, what, four or six minutes that he played, Amanda Baycott was going to just yam on him if he wanted to. But Shire didn't stick with it, and, he, and, and you know, they, they mixed things up. So this is, a, this is an interesting Duke team with a lot of interchangeable parts, but if they're going to go far for your question, yeah, then yes, Filipowski has to stay consistent scoring, and, I, and I've, I've liked what I've seen so far. Joe Ovi is joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You know, Joe, you, you did help me, by the way, with some career advice on Twitter. I saw you tweet out, I don't know how long it was ago, but you tweeted out, it's important for personalities to attend the game as a fan, right? At least like yeah. once a year for some of these teams. Yeah. I, I know you didn't do that at Cameron Indoor, but you were there at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So, how did the mood feel to you from the fans, given all that it ended last year with that loss that they suffered in Cameron Indoor, and then, of course, in the NCAA tournament? Was the mood any different from the last time you attended? Well, I'll say this. I did not like how Duke showed out for game day. Now, say what you want about game day, but you know, given what had happened last year, I thought it was interesting that Carolina fans were able to, quote-unquote, infiltrate Cameron Indoor Stadium for a free event and show out for the ESPN uh, pregame show. But as far as the actual game is concerned, uh, that's probably the drunkest I've seen students in quite some time. <laughs> uh, they had two kids pulled out because of, quote-unquote, dehydration. I think we know what that code is, mm-hmm. given that we've all been in college at one point in time. So it's probably the drunkest. And, and I'll, I'll bring up something that uh, my colleague Luke DeCock over at the News and Observer uh, brought up when I was talking to him at the stadium series ice reveal today at Carter Finley Stadium. Um, you know, when you went to the game last year, it was about the ceremony of it all, the specialness, you know, seeing all of those players come back from Coach K. We're talking NBA pros, guys in the Hall of Fame, that kind of stuff, right? And like the weird scene that I saw between NBA commissioner Adam Silver and Jerry Seinfeld sitting next to each other. Like, you know, that's like, that's like an instant Seinfeld episode. You know, what's the deal with the commissioner and Jerry Seinfeld? So it was kind of a weird vibe. It wasn't necessarily a game. And maybe that's why it played out the way that it did. This felt like a game. This, you know, the people who are at Cameron Indoor Stadium for this one, which I believe was probably the lowest secondary ticket market we've seen in this series for a while, they clearly wanted to be there to watch a high-level basketball game. I don't want to go full purist gatekeepy on you, but you wanted to be there to watch a basketball game, not the scene. And I think that's what helped make it a really loud, loud Cameron on Saturday and why you had students chucking things onto the court where they got worn twice. That was old school on Saturday night, and I enjoyed it. Joe, also, you're talking about the team in your backyard, NC State. They sit there right now, fourth in the ACC. Has the opinion of Coach Keats started to change around there and was also going to ask you, could they possibly have the best trio in the league with Burns, Smith, uh, and Joyner? And will those guys cancel each other out when you're talking about player of the year votes, et cetera? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. With State, it's tricky, man, you know, to, to – to quote my colleague Joe Giglio, you get you get burned by the law of the wolf all the time, man. You know when you expect the most out of the wolf pack, they're going to give you the least, and if you expect the least out of them, they'll surprise you. 
So I, I, I like where NC State is uh, about Kevin Keats. I it's going to take more than just making the NCAA tournament. We're at the point with Kevin Keats where a lot of fans have made up their mind. And while I'm the first one to tell you that attendance at college events has been soft for several years, and I don't want to get on fans for not going because it's expensive. I mean, I'll use PNC Arena as an example of this. Uh, to go see a bad Florida State team on a rainy Wednesday night is going to cost you 20 bucks to park. Upper-level seats are expensive. They're not on a discount. So why am I going to waste my time doing that when i got a 70-inch television at home? I was surprised that a 1 o'clock game against Georgia Tech, even though Georgia Tech is bad, you, know, you want to go see D.J. Burns in person. That was a bit of a soft crowd on Saturday. It's not going to be a soft crowd on the 19th when Carolina's here. That'll be your typical NC State Carolina kind of crowd. It'll be rowdy. It'll be a lot of fun to go to. It, it remains to be seen how fans will react to a long tournament run. I think what this year showed is that Kevin Keats probably should have made some changes to the coaching staff a year ago rather than this past season. He should have done it a year earlier. I think it also shows you the changing nature of college basketball where the transfer portal will give us and take us. Uh, sometimes you get a couple guys and it works out. Sometimes you don't, and you just have to ride with that. So I think there's a little bit of apathy given how things have gone the last couple of years. If I'm an NC State fan, what I would be worried about is Keats seeing the writing on the wall and then going somewhere else. So we'll see. You know, Economics might play into him sticking around, but he might not want to stick around if he catch my drift. All right, that's Joe Ovius of the OG and 99.9, the fan of the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Joe Ovius. Might help you with some career advice as well as he did with me. Joe, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks again for hopping on. Thanks, Joe. All right, take it easy, guys.